Hey gang, welcome to the Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Chris. And real quick, hey, before we get going here, don't forget if you're interested in one-on-one nutrition coaching, please go to workingagainstgravity.com backslash join and use the code INSIDEWAG. All caps, no spaces. Oh, it doesn't even have to be all caps, does it? It can be anything. No. Lower, so, upper, whatever. Lower, upper. Whatever you choose, gang. Yeah. You can choose <laughs> capital letters if you're into that. Lowercase. Whatever. Get $50 off your first month. It's going to be great. It's going to be well worth it. So wanted to get that out of the way. Chris, what's up? What are we talking about today? All right. On today's podcast episode, we are talking about how to actually eat to feel full or stay full. Wow. Yeah. Hot topic. (laughs) What a concept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, if you've been training harder or you're feeling a little stressed and your hunger levels are feeling higher than usual, uh, or maybe you're having a hard time tolerating the calorie deficit that you've set for yourself, or if you're working with one of our amazing WAG nutrition coaches, uh, the calories that they have and macros they have set for you are a little hard to uh, stick to, to kind of force that next level of fat loss. The way to do so is to stay as full as you possibly humanly can on that amount of calories. Mm-hmm. And we do that by making wiser choices with our food. Um, and so now's the time to, you know, talk about taking advantage of some strategies to curb those cravings early on and make sure you're feeling full after every meal. Um, this is going to help you avoid the temptation to overdo it with snacks between meals because you're actually getting ahead of the problem you know, before you allow it to become one, as we've mentioned many times on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so, uh, or just reducing the risk of, right? There, you know, we're basically just trying to do the best we possibly can to reduce those moments of increased or intense ravenous hunger Mm -hmm. uh, to make this enjoyable and sustainable because those are the uh, sustainability, enjoyability, and honestly, tolerance of the calorie deficit (laughs) are three of the primary factors of the success of your dieting phase, wherever you find yourself in and for however long. Yeah, totally. And we're going to talk about like implementing all these strategies that we're going to talk about kind of as as we go. Um, But I wanted to say like right off the bat that we're going to talk about a lot of um, different ways to achieve all those goals, all those things that Chris just said. But keep in mind that you do not, if you find yourself in this uh, kind of headspace or this position as you're going through a diet, you don't need to implement all of these at one time. Um, This is something that I talk to a lot of uh, clients about, um, and we try different approaches. Something works for different people um, better than uh, things for other people. So it's like, yes, it's all it's always going to be important to talk to your coach, you know, and let them know how you feel and how you're doing. um, And they can kind of like help you decide on which course of action to take, because you don't want to play all your cards all at once because then Mm. you got nowhere to go. So um, keep that in mind as you listen to this. it's it is a it's a list and you might think like oh this sounds like a lot and it's like well it doesn't necessarily have to be it can just be like one of these things see how mm-hmm. it works if it works great great keep on going if it's not yeah. for you um, you could try a different method you know so um yeah i just wanted to put that out there real quick yeah 100 percent. yeah it's not like uh, the ultimate checklist of what to achieve at every single meal or snack right, right. like you're not right, right right we're not trying to overload you we're trying to give you options, options. to try mm-hmm. do it for a little while 
see what, you know, the difference might be like, it may just be like, like, right. Eating slowly could be a huge game changer for most people, uh, for example. Right. And you don't change a single other thing. You don't change what you're eating, but you just eat slower. Miraculously, you just get in tune with your actual hunger instead of just like piling it down because you're in a hurry or like you have this feeling like, oh, there's not going to be any food tomorrow. I better eat this as quick as I possibly can. Right. (laughs) Like we get sometimes. Yeah. And, and you just realize eating slower is the cure-all right and then you don't have to worry about anything else we said so that's right <laughs> yeah that's right. right that's like that's one of the top things that you know that we, i would i mean we, we'll count that as number one on the list is just eating yeah. slow i would challenge any, i would challenge anyone to take a look at the clock when you sit down for a meal like for dinner mm. and then when you get done look at the clock again <laughs> because yeah. you probably eat a lot faster than you think i know that like True. when when we have dinner here at the house there's our table and like directly across is our stove and there's that little clock. Oh yeah. So I like constantly see it and I'm like, Oh my God, it took me six minutes to eat dinner the other night. It's like, <laughs> dude, that is nuts. That is so yeah. fast. And you, you, but you don't even know it because you're so used to it. Right. So yes, slow down gang. And I would mm-hmm. actually encourage you to time yourself because you might be mm. shocked. <laughs> um, yeah. So what's the what's the intention behind that though? Like like, tell us more. Why oh, why will we eat slowly? Well, why, why does that benefit one's oneself? So there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that happen, but the, the primary one is that it actually takes your body about twenty minutes. I think it varies from person to person. Fifteen to twenty mm-hmm. minutes is generally accepted as the uh, window of time that the satiety signal actually hits your brain. Mm. So this is why if you eat super fast or you eat like um, stuff like uh, I, I think uh, French fries is one of them or potato chips, things that are salty and that are very nutrient dense there. You know, what's the potato chip uh, calorie dense? You mean? Well, yeah, but I'm saying like right. the um, what was like the uh, the advertisement for t- potato chips? Like but you can't have just one. Is that something like oh, that? Yeah. Right? Or once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah, like that's the Pring- Pringles right? one, right? Like, yeah. So like, yeah. yeah, once you have one, it's like how many can you shovel in? And normally <laughs> with foods like that that are high palatability foods, it's very easy to eat a lot very quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before that satiety signal even hits. And then you're like, oh, Lord, I just ate a bag of potato chips and <laughs> – it i've been sitting here for five minutes right you know and then it hits you like later on so all of a sudden we have a really really good meal and we eat it a little bit slower your body has time to register that food and those calories all the energy Mm -hmm. that's going into your system and slowing down allows your body to actually feel that and you just feel full um yeah you feel full. I was going to say feel full faster, but that's not necessarily true. It registers. Mm-hmm. Um, it registers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that you can do like to um, kind of help yourself with this is if, if you're running into this problem anyways, you can just put your fork down, take a bite and put your fork down. And that's a good way to yeah. kind of like slow yourself down. Um, mm. That's something that I've used before. Um, yeah. And then well, yeah, all... that go ahead. Take some time to actually enjoy that bite. Yeah. Chew it. Moving around your mouth, right? Feel yeah, those textures, flavors. Do you even like what you're eating? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> like be food. aware, be present. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's another one is, is actually like uh, I, I've done this before too. Like I've counted how how many times like I've, I've like chewed my food. It's it's shocking, mm-hmm. shockingly low when you're not mm-hmm. thinking about it. 
and then all of a sudden you like you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna chew this food like for 10 bites like 10 times yeah. this sounds very like people listen to this and probably like these guys are psychos like yeah. <laughs> like <we're>, right. but, <laughs> who does that right? yeah right but it's just like these little things make a big difference and if you're sitting mm-hmm. there you don't need to announce it to the to your family or the world like hey i'm you know i'm gonna eat really slow tonight guys you know i'm just gonna chew all my food for, yeah, for a super long now time. Loud. one yeah. two one. yeah you don't <laughs> yeah. need to do anything crazy like that but it's like just yeah. slowing down and being more mindful of like how long mm-hmm. it's taking you to eat your food um it helps out a ton so that would be like one of the top things we could uh we could offer is make the food last a little longer go a little slower and mm-hmm. you'll, you'll feel it you really will yeah yeah, and that's a uh, we call that. It sounds like a dirty word, but it's called mastication, right? It's yeah. like the chewing, the act of chewing and breaking down your food into smaller particles. That once they hit the stomach, they're already broken up into smaller pieces, so that your stomach digestive enzymes and all that can start to actually absorb the nutrients from those foods and do what your body does: partitioning to them, delivering them throughout your body where they go, right? right. And so instead of just like taking a bite, taking to choose of it and then swallowing and putting a bigger chunk or lump of food down that can also make you feel bogged down as opposed to actually feeling satiated right which there are two different right so like there's a sense of like wolfing down a cheeseburger and a french fries and topping it off with a shake in five minutes or ten minutes right not even stopping to enjoy it all and then you're just like oh I feel bogged down, right? Like you just feel miserable. I was going to say miserable. You might feel some other way. Yeah. Yeah. So like what, what felt good going down no longer feels good sitting there. (laughs) Um, So awareness, that's what it is, you know, and and to help your body do what it needs to do a little bit easier. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's a setup for success in terms of like your body going through all of its biological processes in the digestive process, the clearing of your intestinal tract, having healthier bowel movements, all that stuff. Right. And those are things that affect your weight as well. Totally. So, yeah, cool. So, uh, so yeah, eating slowly. I think we, yeah, we got a good, good grasp on that. Right. So, um, we mentioned this earlier, but like, you know, the next thing we talk about is staying hydrated. So, um, really, I mean, dehydration is like one of those things that just tricks us into thinking that we're hungry. Um, so keeping up with your fluid intake to maintain a balanced fluid level in your body is just another app, um, avenue of appetite suppression really. So uh, a lot of times if you're sitting there and you're feeling hungry, you know, try drinking a glass or two of water, eight to 16 ounces of water, chill for a second and then actually see how you feel. You might be like, Oh, (laughs) my body just needed water. Silly me. And you move on with your life. Right. That's right. Um, and that could have been that one little step that avoided you wolfing down the Pringles and popping and not stopping. Um, So uh, what it does is that water helps manage those hunger and fullness cues and can help fill you up because water also takes up physical space in your stomach Mm -hmm. as food does too, which helps uh, send, that's a proponent of sending that satiety signal from the stomach to the brain. To the brain, right brain connection, if you will. <laughs> so, and, uh, wag generally, you know, everyone's going to be different. Your coach might set particular goals for you based on your feedback and all these things. But as just a general guideline, we generally recommend the aiming for about half of your body weight in ounces of water. Uh, if you can drink more, especially right now where we're, most people are edging from spring into summer, might be spending more time outside. Those CrossFit workouts might start to suck a little more and be sweatier <laughs> yeah. and you're leaving your sweat angels. That's a sign to get more water in right? Uh, maybe throw some electrolytes in there as well, just to help with all your electrolyte levels and keep your potassium and sodium, and all those things up. So, totally. um, 
yeah, and if you can drink more, great, but just kind of be in tune with your, your body. And then another kind of rule of thumb with just knowing if you're drinking enough water would be to just keep an eye on your urine, like be somewhere right. between like a light yellow to somewhat clear. You're solid, you know? Yeah. 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 Not uh, everyone can drink two gallons of water a day like Josh, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, half your body weight and yeah. you know, ounces of water is a pretty good starting <laughs> <Jeez>. point. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. I, I like the idea or the, um, the tip for electrolytes, um, mm. because that's something that I think gets, gets, um, missed a yep. lot, you know? Um, and, and like, like Chris said, especially if you're, if you're training hard, you're sweating a lot, or, uh, if you have a really physical job, um, you lose a lot, you sweat a lot mm. you lose a lot of those like minerals, um, mm. and salt, you know, for, for, for example. So it's important to kind of like replenish that. Um, and if you're dieting Absolutely. and you're looking to like lose weight, you might lack some of those nutrients in your everyday mm. diet. So it's okay to supplement. Um, yes, that's what supplements are for. They're supplements, right? Yeah. You can get those little rip tabs that are flavored or non-flavored that just have electrolyte packs in them. And yeah. that could make actually your water feel, if you're not a person that's just like, water's boring, man, yeah. then dress it up a little bit, you know, can make yeah. a, make a taste a little fruitier, add some extra vitamins and mm -hmm. electrolytes in there. And next thing you know, you're wolfing down water, um, pretty easy. Yeah. Or in addition to your water intake, if you've got the calories, you could go for like a full calorie Gatorade or Powerade, something like that. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have the calories to waste on carbs, then go for the zero calorie versions yep. and you're getting the same electrolytes, just zero calories. Yep. So totally. Yeah. I, I tend to kind of pick up a couple of Powerades and things like that and keep around the house in right summertime uh, or bring with me on hikes and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. So I, for yeah. us, it's a uh, liquid IV or um, mm. LMNT, like those uh, yeah. electrolyte packets. Both those are really 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 help especially like you get in the gym and you're sweating and working really hard mm -hmm. that stuff can be really helpful so um, oh yeah yeah so stay hydrated gang uh mm -hmm. i know that i talk about that a lot as a coach i'm sure chris does too um constantly constantly <laughs> yes yes mm -hmm. so there's a reason for it there's a yep. reason for it M multiple reasons for it we um, are mostly made of water so <laughs> yes think about it right yeah for real <laughs> yeah um next one eat high volume foods so Turn this, up the volume. Turn yeah. up the volume. <laughs> that should be the name of the podcast, actually. Yeah, right. Turn up, turn the, up volume. the volume. <laughs> um, gang, we talk about eating vegetables a lot, and mm -hmm. this is part of the reason why. Um, obviously, vegetables have micronutrients in them and things that are very, very important uh, for us to operate in a healthy way and live healthy life, uh, lifestyles, I should say. Um, but also... There's not a ton, some vegetables anyway, some, there's not a ton of calorie content with veggies, yet they fill you up a ton. If you're skipping out on veggies, um, you're really missing the boat uh, on some important foods for, again, more than one reason, but especially if you're dieting and you're in like the trenches and you're really going through like a, a hard time trying to make it to the end of this uh, fat loss diet um, yeah. and you're not eating veggies, like add them in and it's like a game changer. It's absolutely a game changer. I know that, um, last summer I was dieting and I was on, I was doing the chicken and rice meals. Right. Uh, mm. and which I love by the way, solid iron chef makes this orange sauce. Do you know about mm -hmm. this? It's the brand of Iron Chef, but not though. There's a brand Iron sauce. Chef makes this like ginger orange orange sauce. Oh man, it's so good. 
Okay. But anyways, um, <laughs> I got to the no. point where I was eating the chicken and rice and I was like, I, I, I could eat it and I'd be like, all right, I, I just ate like all this food and now I'm hungry again, like almost mm. immediately. You add a cup of broccoli to that, all of a sudden it takes you 30 minutes <laughs> to eat it. Yeah. It's, it's <clears throat> crazy how much a little bit of adding vegetables either to the meal itself or having it on the side, like a side salad, for, for example, mm-hmm. how much that helps you feel full um, and the meal gets longer, right? We talked about eating slowly. All of a sudden things yeah. slow down um, and it really just helps you uh, stay in check. Uh, so yes. if you're not eating vegetables, gang, like add some more in there. Yeah, it's, it's really that reminds cool. me of like, I think one of the most satisfying meals I've, I've ever made um, outside of like a big ass salad, you know, every yeah. day sort of thing when I'm when I was in the height of my uh, fat loss phase many years ago and whatnot. But like, uh, what was it? Two chicken breasts, like a pretty good size sweet potato, and then like a cup or two of broccoli. That meal took me down like (laughs) it it took all my energy i was like exhausted from chewing my mouth was like oh my god it took me like 20 30 minutes to eat this thing yeah because i was just put literally having to put my utensils down sit there and chew (laughs) and be like all right sip some water help break this up get it down swallow and be like all right next bite and then went into it and eating that meal was a task (laughs) Yeah, you know so one thing i like kind of hit my clients to is like think about the foods that like no matter what your desire is that you can't imagine overeating right nobody sits down and just overdoes it on broccoli ever nobody sits down and overeats a potato french fries yes potato chips yes but just a potato with some salt and pepper and the basics on it nobody will sit there and just be like i've eaten five potatoes and i'm still hungry doesn't happen (laughs) doesn't um right same with brussels sprouts stuff like that um and the reason being is because as josh mentioned these are nutrient dense and fibrous foods and the key element of what these things do outside of just the generalization of health and giving our body what it needs to operate at its maximum level pistons firing and all whatever you want to call it right um is that they maximize fullness because they take up more physical space in your stomach because of their fiber and their their structure um and then it also takes your stomach and your body longer to digest and absorb those nutrients in your system so imagine like food sitting in your stomach and as it starts to enter your digestive tract through the stomach and the intestines all that stuff think of vegetables as being this like like a foreman on the construction site going whoa 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 like kind of slowing things down right and keeping things in your stomach a little bit longer because it takes longer for your enzymes to start breaking your stomach acids and all those things to break them down and then that takes a little bit longer to kind of shuffle its way out of your body and then it's actually taking time to form healthier bowel movements you know that will be uh feel tremendous in the morning to get out of you (laughs) right yeah that fiber i mean right there you kind Mm -hmm. of touched on another one is like increase your fiber you know for for, for that very reason Um, Mm -hmm. yeah interesting and and, go ahead mm -hmm. yeah well most on that fiber tip most coaches when we assign macros like uh you're not only getting protein carbs and fat but we are giving you like a a minimum of fiber to hit that's right um usually for women we kind of keep it around you know 10 grams of fiber for every thousand calories uh for men um you know somewhere upwards of like 30 to 35 grams of fiber really what we're aiming for is a window of like 10 to 15 grams of fiber for every thousand calories that you're consuming and as long as you're kind of keeping that number intact throughout the day that just kind of uh justifies and uh is a confirmation of you getting enough 
of the micronutrient fiber dense foods in to just be like, check, nailed it. Totally. And then all the extra benefits that Josh and I have already covered yeah. as to eating high volume foods. And the, the beautiful thing about high volume foods, and we should not miss this point, is it allows you to eat more food for fewer calories, which mm-hmm. yes, Josh mentioned, but like, think about like, I could eat a pop tart <laughs> that's going <laughs> to annihilate 75 grams of my carbs for the day. Sorry, two pop tarts. Cause really that's right. One is a serving size, not two. That's right. that's right. And so, <laughs> and yep. so you eat two pop tarts, 75 grams of carbs right there, as opposed to getting 30 to 40 grams of carbs from a sweet potato and then getting like 20 grams of carbs from some broccoli. Um, you compare those two, two pop tarts compared to that there, those are two different satisfactions, right? Um, processed foods just go through you quicker. That's what they're made to do. They're broken down. Um, they're mostly carbs and fats. Your body breaks them down quicker. They process them quicker. They get them out of you. And then you're going, I'm still hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's in the name processed. Yeah. Processed. It's right. It goes into your body basically digested. Yeah. It's like just ready for your body to receive. Yep. 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 So yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah. Eat high high volume foods, gang. Yes. Just do it. Yeah. You just get more bang for your buck. Like if you think about your calories and your macros as a budget and you want to spend your budget on wiser investments for a longer return and a more satisfactory return, micronutrient dense fibrous foods are more bang for your buck. Period. Yeah. Yep. It's a no brainer. Yep. And, but it's not easy to do. It takes some time and effort. So it's just maybe start sneaking in. An apple a day could make the difference, right? Eating an apple for a snack or popping an apple on your plate and maybe eating that apple first, um, you know, could be the thing that helps just curb things a little more. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, Definitely. all right. So in addition to eating high volume meals and foods, uh, we want to make sure that they're also balanced, right? You don't want a a meal that's just mostly protein, a meal that's mostly carbs or a meal that's mostly fat. We want to kind of find like a balance uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it helps you keep like a a decent pace across your meals and snacks to get you to your bigger protein, carbs and fat goals. Um, That way you don't have some crazy odd number of carbs and protein left at the end of the day, but you satisfied your fats at your first two meals, something like that. So it's kind of like an even split. So, um, just take more time to consider the macronutrient profiles and the ratios that you're keeping at each meal. And like, you know, is it all carbs? Is it all protein? Mostly fat. Be aware of when you're popping in those portion sizes, when you're tracking a meal or considering doing things like using a a hand measurement guide, whatever it is, just try to kind of like make it protein centric, pick your protein source first, and then build the meal out from there. Include like one to two servings of vegetables or a fist size, which is about a cup of vegetables, right? Um, or a piece of fruit, like a palm sized piece of fruit, fist sized piece of fruit, whatever. And then pick a starchy carb of sorts. And then if you got the fats left, sprinkle that on as like some taste, texture, variety. Um, and then you're moving on, right? And so we're just trying to get a decent spread. Um, That's right. One thing that I've done for probably eight years now, man. It's just, I literally, I just, whatever my goals are for whatever phase dietary thing I'm doing, fat loss, maintenance, gaining, I divide the number of meals I prefer to eat to hit those targets. Uh, my, sorry, my macro goals by the number of meals I prefer to eat. And that just gives me an approximate Mm -hmm. per meal goal to aim for. So if you're aiming and hitting these smaller goals for your protein, carbs, and fat at each meal and kind of maintaining that approximation, you, you keep the pace and the target to the higher goal 
far more predictable. You know that if you maintain that structure, you're going to have a predictable amount of protein, carbs, and fats left at the night. And then you don't have to do that game of macro Tetris where you're like, okay, what do I have in my cabinet? All right, I'm going to mix some Lucky Charms with some Greek yogurt or something, right? To try to like figure this stuff out. It just makes things so much more predictable, gets you in a routine and a structure, and it just simplifies things, honestly. Mm -hmm. And that's been, it's worked so well for me. Um, and I've seen it work a lot, really well for, uh, many other clients who just to do that. I mean, you don't have to be perfect. It's just approximate, right? That's right. I, yeah. well, that's one of the most common things I tell people is we gotta, we gotta spread out, spread these out. You know, it's yeah. so common, uh, for folks to not eat nearly enough protein early in the day. Mm-hmm. Their their fats and carbs are gone, and then so they have a hundred grams of protein to hit, and like <laughs> ten grams of carbs and no fats, you know, at dinner yeah, time. Right. So it's yeah. so looking ahead and dividing your your day up like that is like is huge, especially yeah. for protein. Like mm-hmm. if there's one macro that you were going to do that with, we would want it to be protein, gang. Um, yeah, nobody wants to eat three to four scoops of whey protein at the end of the night to make up for that <laughs> deficit of protein that you're yeah. in by the end of the day, right? Like it's totally. just, it's not fun. <laughs> totally. Um, one thing that I uh, talk about too, although I, I might be jumping ahead a little bit. We're talking about this. This might Go be more. For it. Let's jump ahead. Well, the the other thing that uh, to consider is uh, meal timing. Yeah. Um, and this is a little bit more. I mean. Meal timing when it comes to fat loss, like a fat loss phase, isn't as important as some people think, as some people make it out to be, I should say. Um, That being said, your meal timing has to work for you. It, I I mean, my meal times probably won't work for Chris because I get up crazy (laughs) early. Nope. And yeah, Chris is like, nope. <laughs> it's not going to work out for him, you know, yeah. but it works for me and mm-hmm. it works really well. And vice versa, my, you know, Chris's meal times wouldn't work for me. So everyone's going to be different on this. Um, but no matter what, um, make sure that the, your meal times uh, work best for you. If you find that there's a time during the day that you're not hungry, then don't eat. Yeah. Don't eat at that time. If you're not a breakfast person, then that's fine. Uh, maybe you push that first meal to 10 a.m., you know, where you start to actually start to get hungry and you have a snack and then you have lunch at 12 or 1 and then you have a, you know, a snack around 3, dinner at 6, you know, something like that. But don't don't feel like you have to eat when it just doesn't work for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something that you can talk to your coach about, of course. Um, But I mean, I work with firefighters and police officers and people that are, you know, that work nights, you know, maybe in a hospital or they're EMTs. And it's like, you know, these general guidelines simply won't work for these people, you you know, and they've got to fit it in when they can get it in. That's exactly right. (laughs) You know, um, in a very unpredictable way. Yeah. Very unpredictable, you know, so, um, so it, it can be tough and I, at the end of the day, again, when it comes to specifically like a fat loss phase or a fat loss diet, um, the timing doesn't matter so much as long as you feel like pretty good about things being evenly distributed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now you get into performance and if you're, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use, use CrossFit for an example, just because um, I do CrossFit and I work out or I, I work with some 
um, higher level folks that do CrossFit as well. Um, this could go for Olympic lifting or weight, you know, uh, powerlifting, anything, you know, performance driven, like the rule of thumb or the, the, the saying that I keep telling people and that I keep in my own head is carbs, close fats, far. Mm. So around your workout window, we want carbs to be kind of notched up and we want the fats to be further away because there's no better anabolic combination than high protein and high carbs fats yeah. get in there it's fine if it's a little bit but they get in there and they just kind of disrupt the uh, digestion and the ability to absorb those other yeah. vital nutrients um, they slow that process they down. slow the process yeah. down exactly it, it requires a lot of uh, blood and energy to digest fats and when you're working out or you're getting ready to work out you just worked out you want nutrients uh, in your system as soon as possible. So, um, so when it comes to timing, I do do a little bit of work with some folks uh, mm -hmm. in regards to that, making sure that they plan their pre-workout meal or shake and then their post-workout meal or shake first. Mm -hmm. Whatever they have left after that, they can spread it out throughout the day, whatever they see fit, you know. Um, so again, that's might be a little bit specific, but, um, you know, there, there's just two sides to the same coin basically. Yeah. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's just as important, not only for the energy and fuel that you need for your workout, but aiding in the repair recovery yeah, totally. factor on the other side of that too. So like, you know, meal timing uh, approximation that I kind of provide my clients is like, look at like, if your workouts here, look at your meal timing to be somewhere within like a two hour window on either side, somewhere within there. Oh, Depend sure. and, but again, it depends on the type of food you're eating. So if sure. you're eating foods that take longer to digest, you're going to need to give yourself a little more room for that energy to be available in your right. workout. But if you're eating things that are more processed, highly processed, uh, that are going to be readily available in 20 to 30 minutes, then you time those a little closer to your workout That's right. and the same on the other side. So That's right. something to keep in mind there because you don't want to, I mean, I've, I've had my moments where I've eaten Chipotle and then gone and tried to do CrossFit in the past and it's not, it's not cool. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> a little too full. That would have been more of a, a better meal for after, <laughs> after yeah. than before. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's just, yeah. Shifting a uh, little tweaking here and there. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you know, have you seen that? Have you seen that office episode, the fun run, uh, the mm -hmm. Michael Scott fun run when they do the, um, the run for like rabies awareness or something like that. And Michael Scott, right before the race, he's like pounding uh fettuccine Alfredo. He, and, and then he like walks up to the starting line and he just like, you know, of course implodes, you know, yeah. you know but like, that's a great, it's a great example of kind of like, you're almost there, but not yeah. quite like you don't want to eat something heavy like that and then go right no. into training. Um, nope. Something like that would be definitely better probably the night before. 100. Or, or you know, <laughs> even a little bit further out than that. Yeah, it's that carbo loading. Yes, if you will, yes, right? yeah. you got to be, yeah. got to be mindful of it, gang. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the timing around your training uh, can be a really like important time, um, if especially if you're looking to maximize performance. But mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you have you know three, maybe four other meals during the day that you can spread your macros out nice and evenly, yep. and yeah. you'll get uh, this terrific results and be satiated, be feeling full energy levels, pretty consistent all the way through. Uh, and that's what we want to do. That's what we want. Yeah. That's what we want you to have. So. Right. And really what you're doing with that timing is 
putting the body's number one preferred source of energy to the best possible use in your day, putting it right where it's going to matter, right? It's going to help improve performance, uh, your strength, the ability to lift more weights, your muscle repair recovery on the other side. It's just, it's the medicine your body needs to get the most, squeeze the most out of that hard work you're putting in, right? Nobody wants to be putting the hard work in and not getting the results. We don't want anybody to feel like a hamster spinning on a wheel, Mm -hmm. going nowhere, but putting in all this work. So this is why we we do these things, right? Because we want to maximize, we want to get some traction and we just, we want you to be spending your time wisely. And we do that through that. And on that note too, just so uh, for all those listening here uh, in the show notes, I'm going to link you to our plate templates for lighter or harder training days. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's um, right. where it kind of talks about composition of what to include, maybe what to avoid uh, for pre, post, and maybe even some intro workout stuff too, you know? Yeah. So uh, we'll have those uh, resources available to you as well as an article on how to, um, that goes over a lot of what we're talking about, how to actually feel full. So if yeah. people want to get a little more into the granulars here. So, cool. um, but so in, in to wrap this up really, Josh, just to kind of review a couple of things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big thing is, is just like really knowing the difference between hunger and appetite, right? Mm-hmm. So, sure. yeah, yeah. and the difference being, right, hunger is your body's need for food, which should be honored. Appetite can be triggered by seeing, smelling, or thinking about food. So that could be triggered by what other people are doing, what you're watching on TV, yeah. <laughs> smells in your neighborhood, sure. somebody grilling, and you're like that got my appetite going, but you may not be hungry at all. That's right. right. So there is that difference and just taking a, a beat to like, wait a second, am I hungry? Yes. Or is my appetite being triggered? Yes. Right. Yeah. You Big don't thing. need to act on Big impulse. Thing. You don't, no, you don't, you know, so <laughs> yeah. maybe take that sip of water, chug a glass of water, uh, reflect back like, well, have I filled this bottle up at least once today? No, let me start there. Right. Yeah. Little things like that. So, um, and if you find that you're frequently thinking about food, this may increase your appetite and not necessarily hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can be food focused and that is, you know, your environment, the food you're keeping around in your scope or your view, your eyesight, um, you know, the things that are triggering or influencing you in your own environment can have a a profound impact on you being able to manage your hunger versus appetite. And so, but just knowing the difference can help you identify which is which and decide if that snack is necessary or, you know, you're just looking for something to do you know, or reacting to appetite. So sometimes this could be a trigger or a signal to be like, I'm just bored. I'm just sitting here with nothing to do. My mind isn't focused on anything. Oh, go man. do that chore that you've been putting off. Uh, maybe go take care of that little art project or that like, go fix that door, squeaky door hinge or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the little things that are like that maybe been lingering on your mind. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, boredom eating. Oh, it's a killer. That it, it is mindless mm-hmm. snacking. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just, yeah, like you said, the difference between hunger and appetite often overlooked. People don't really mm. think about that. You know, no. it's a big no. one. Yeah. And just a quick review, you know, some ways to stay busy and move past the, maybe a potential spike in hunger would be like eat your meal so you're fed to fullness, like get ahead of the problem before it becomes one, reduce that likelihood, uh, run some errands, clean, do some laundry, other busy work to do things on your list, like get, get some stuff done, right? Nutrition isn't the only thing going on in your life. It is what keeps you alive and what makes helps you thrive, <laughs> but there's so much more going on in your world <laughs> right. that needs your attention too. So like give it that attention and then you'll give less attention to the things that are uh, averse to what you want to achieve. So, you know, get after your side hustle, go for a walk, 
read a book, uh, you know, start tasks that seriously engage you, you know, um, hobbies, crafts, arts, or, you know, go learn a new skill. You know, uh, we live in a world where it's so easy to go learn something new, educate yourself on something you weren't aware of. There's so many tools and uh, options out there, uh, to seize really, you know, and just kind of like find a place of balance and, um, well-roundedness and all things that you're doing, you know, and it just makes you a better person, uh, build some integrity with yourself. Um, I don't know. I think it would just be a fuller, happier person, literally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Love it, man. That's great. So, I mean, we covered a lot. We covered a lot in this one gang Mm -hmm. kind of rapid. I wouldn't say rapid fire took our time with it a little bit, but we hope it was helpful. We hope it was useful. Um, like Chris said, in the notes, we're going to link an article. It's a it's a blog post that we've done before, and there's also a couple of graphics that we have, you know, for your plates, mm-hmm. um, for training days and uh, hard training days, medium, maybe no training days at all. Like how you can kind of break up and make a meal uh, in yep. order to feel like more satiated, depending on what's going on. Um, but uh, when it comes down to it, it's it's just a matter of planning ahead slowing down a little bit and then also if you are working with a coach or working with someone like figuring out what might be the best time to eat you know and bouncing Mm -hmm. some ideas off of them um or even just taking a critical look at your day like being introspective and being like you know what at 7 a.m i'm not really even that hungry i don't really get hungry till like 10 so naturally trying something out Push everything yeah. back a little bit. See how it goes for you, you know? Yeah. Just honor that. Honor what you know to be true. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Honor what you know. <laughs> that's like, it's like virtue. <laughs> Virtuous, Chris. Yeah. Jeez. That's awesome. I try, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gangs. Well, that's it for this episode this week. Uh, Chris, you feel good? Feel good about this? I feel great, man. That was great. I feel yeah. really good about that. And I want you guys to feel great, too. So as a reminder, use code <laughs> InsideWag at checkout at workingagainstgravity.com slash join. We'd love to have you work with myself, work with Josh. We do give new clients coming in actually now to choose their coach. So you can request your first pick for your coach. If you go to workingagainstgravity.com slash team, check out all of our amazing coaches, see our lovely faces, look at our credentials, look at our stories, uh, read about us. We're real humans on the other side of this. We're not some macro calculator, some BS that whatever you like. We are real people helping real people. And um, it's what we do. It's what we love to do. And we just want to spread that joy and happiness around the world. And uh, we're making waves. So code inside wag for $50 off uh, your life changing one on one remote nutrition coaching services. Awesome. Do it now. Just do it. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) All right, gang. Well, thanks so much for listening and tuning in. We'll see you next time.